are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security. With Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, 24-7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, ladies and gentlemen, it is finally here. The Kentucky basketball schedule for this season has been released. We're going to go through it, break it down, kind of give our thoughts about a couple of different games in particular. Also going to be talking about Kentucky football. Everything is going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine for the Wildcats. They still have everything that they wanted to accomplish at the beginning of the season. All of that is still on the table. Going to break that down later on. But to start here, it's finally here. The 2022-23 schedule is upon us. Let's go ahead and go through it and break it down and give our thoughts on the schedule. Obviously, Big Blue Madness is happening here at about 10 days. Really excited about that. 7 p.m. on SEC Network. Cannot wait for that game. The blue and white game on October 22nd. That is going to be, I believe, in Pikeville, if I'm not mistaken, for the Wildcats. We've got two exhibition games before we start the actual slate, and they've got some interesting uh, storylines in them. So Missouri-Western State is the first exhibition game of the season. That is on October 30th. That will be at 7 p.m. An interesting note here, Missouri-Western has uh, a couple of uh, former Kentucky players, and their head coach is a former Kentucky manager, Will Martin, is the head coach there at Missouri Western. Uh, Perry Stevenson, John Hood are both assistants on that staff. So some interesting headlines and a return for Martin, Hood, and Stevenson there. And then also the other exhibition game, Kentucky State. That will be just a couple of days later on November 3rd. That will be also at 7 p.m. Interesting note here about Kentucky State. Chris Livingston playing for the Wildcats. His twin brother, Cordell, actually plays for Kentucky State. So at the beginning of the season here, we're going to get to find a lot of different cool things out about this team. And then in the process, we're going to be facing off against a couple different teams that have some Kentucky ties. So that's always fun there. To begin the 2022-23 season, Kentucky will open against Howard. That will be at 6.30 p.m. on SEC Network. Duquesne is next up on November 11th. That will be at 7. And then a game that I will be attending in Indianapolis, Indiana, Michigan State on November 15th. That will be at 7 p.m. on ESPN. That's going to be the first big game of the season. Probably not going to be a whole lot to gather about this team and what they're truly capable of up until this point because they have only have played a couple of exhibition games. And Howard and Duquesne, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think... I always I always get tense whenever I talk about lesser competition because ever since that uh, St. Peter's game, I've just uh, I've kind of been on edge. But yeah, Howard and Duquesne are, are games that Kentucky should win before playing Michigan State. But again, not a lot to gather before that point. Sandwiched in between two huge games, Michigan State and then this next one, South Carolina State at 7 p.m. on SEC Network. That is November 17th. Three days later, though, 
Another huge game on the road. It's at Gonzaga, according to Kentucky's schedule. But according to Gonzaga's schedule, it is at a neutral site. It's going to be it's going to be played in Spokane, but it's not going to be played at the Kennel. It's going to be played at another arena, which I believe holds thirteen thousand, as opposed to the Kennel's six k. So that'll be at Gonzaga, seven thirty p.m. on ESPN, November twentieth. Huge, 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 huge game. Uh, in in my opinion, obviously, I think those two teams will probably be ranked in the top five, top ten for sure, as long as Kentucky doesn't lose to Michigan State. Massive game. Really excited about that. Quick note before we move on. I don't understand why John Calipari wanted to have this game at a stadium that, or excuse me, a gym that was not the kennel. And I, I, you see the Twitter thread. You've heard his, heard his, uh, his reasoning behind it, essentially saying that, you know, it's a bigger arena. We're going to have more opportunities to get our fans in there. It's going to sell more tickets. I just don't get it. It's not, it's not that big of a deal to me to play it at, at that uh, neutral venue. I believe it literally just call, is called Spokane Arena. So I don't know. I don't really get it, but cool. If you want to play it there, I mean, awesome. It'll give Kentucky more of an edge for sure. So anyway, moving along for the rest of the non-conference slate, North Florida. And on November 23rd, Bellarmine at, uh, at home, November 29th. And then three interesting games in a row. So we're going to play against Michigan. That will be in London on 1 p.m. That game will be broadcasted on ABC. I believe it's the only game on ABC uh, on this Wildcat schedule. And then you play against UCLA in the CBS Sports Champions Classic. Well, not the Champions Classic, but it's the uh, CBS Sports Classic, excuse me. December 17th, 5.15 p.m. on CBS you come back home, Florida A&M, don't know when that time is going to be, don't know when that game is, where that game is going to be in terms of a TV channel. And then you get into the SEC slate. At Missouri is your SEC opener on the road, 7 p.m. SEC Network. You get Louisville at home, December 31st, New Year's Eve at noon on CBS. That's probably going to be one of my favorite games of the year. Really excited about that. And get your home SEC opener against LSU. And we're just going to run, run through the rest of the SEC slate here real quick. And you can count wins, losses along with me if you want to. Alabama on the road. South Carolina at home. At Tennessee. Back-to-back home games against Georgia and Texas A&M. You go at Vanderbilt before you play the SEC Big 12 Challenge against Kansas at home. At Ole Miss. Florida at home. Arkansas at home. Road trips to Georgia and Mississippi State. Those are back-to-back. At home against Tennessee. At Florida. Home games against Auburn and Vanderbilt. And then to finish off the 2022-23 regular season, you will have a road trip to Arkansas. It's an interesting way there to kind of round things out at the end with with games against Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, and Arkansas. I mean, that's going to be pretty tough. But overall, you look at the beginning of this schedule, you've got a couple of interesting road games against Bama and Tennessee LSU, I think, is going to be an interesting team to find out this year. Everyone and their mother entered the transfer portal. They brought in a couple of interesting pieces, how that team rebounds from such a massive, you know, departure. Their coaching staff and player alike, that's going to be interesting. Louisville is going to be a fun team to play early on uh, at the beginning of that SEC slate. Obviously not an SEC team, but yeah, it's going to be a fun slate that I think is tougher at the beginning and the end, and it kind of dips in the middle there. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I mean, you look at the final what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You look at the final nine games. Arkansas, a road trip to Mississippi State, Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, Vanderbilt, and then Arkansas again. I mean, that's going to be an interesting way to kind of finish things out. Will the Wildcats be able to kind of 
get their way through that? I mean, right now you look on paper, the answer I think clearly is yes, but you don't really know what's going to happen with these, with these uh, players, whether or not they're going to be able to produce at the level that we think they're going to, whether or not Kentucky's defense is actually as good as advertised or at least how it was in the Bahamas. And again, I'm not, you can't sit here and comment and say, Lance, the no defense is going to be as good as what it was in the Bahamas. Obviously I get that. I'm just saying like, if you can see similar things, what we have seen out of this team as of right now on paper I don't see how you can project this team to not go 14 and 4 in the SEC I mean I think that's fair 15 and 3 I definitely think is obtainable and you get to 15 wins I think you probably got a really good shot to be the number one seed in the SEC tournament so yeah I I think that this schedule is going to be a lot of fun a lot of fun games in the non-conference late we talked about that weeks ago, actually, whenever this was finally getting uh, put together. So yeah, really huge games early on in the season. And then late, we're going to finally see this team, whether or not they can kind of mold together. And this was similar to what happened last year, right? Got a couple injuries, started to lose some momentum. Things got tougher as, as the season went on. Can you just essentially not do that this year? Do you have enough depth to kind of make that run? And to be honest with you, I think this team is a little bit more deep than it was last season. I think they've got a lot more opportunities to kind of prove themselves with some of these younger players and look I'm not saying that Kentucky could run a platoon system they're not going to do that I think that's a bad idea don't think they're going to do it but they've got enough players on roster to where they can run in a a 10 11 man rotation and legitimately get some production out of some of these younger guys I think a Thiero when he gets his minutes is going to be efficient I think guys like him are going to be a lot of fun to watch so yeah how Kentucky manages this schedule is going to be interesting we're going to continue to break down individual matchups as the season gets closer. Obviously, again, 10 days away from Big Blue Madness, 7 p.m. SEC Network. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on the, your podcast feed so that you do not miss breakdowns and previews and just discussion in general about that Big Blue Madness game. Again, counting down the days to that. We are so close to basketball season. But as of right now, We're still in football season in a little bit. I want to talk about how everything is going to be okay for the Kentucky Wildcats, even though they did lose to Ole Miss on the road. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the past decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without actually doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing. That matters. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every single room, window, and door, and HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. It's smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And with 24 7 uh, professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes over at simplysafe.com slash locked on college, and you can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Again, you can visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, continuing along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out with, here with you. Everything is going to be okay for Kentucky football. They lost on the road to Ole Miss. 22-19 was the final score. Very frustrating game, in my opinion. So many opportunities to actually win that game. 
that just kind of slipped away from Kentucky's hands. But everything's going to be fine. I know that there are some people in the comment section that are just kind of saying, well, well, the dream season's lost. No, it's not. No, it's not. Kentucky's still 3-1. and one. They're still inside the top 15. They've still got all of their main pieces in place. I know Jacquez Jones is going to be out for what could potentially be the entire season, which is a shame. But they've still got everybody in place just about. I want to go through three reasons here why I think everything's going to be just fine and why the Wildcats could still win the SEC East. Have a 10-win season. Have a good season. It's still on the table. Everything, first off here, everything the Wildcats want to do is still laid out in front of them. Nobody ever said anything about going undefeated. Nobody ever did. And if you were going to take a loss, it either needed to be one of two things, either outside of conference play, God forbid, it's one of those four teams, or it had to be from a team in the SEC West. And now that you have said loss to, to a SEC West team, and to be honest, things are still looking up. You've got that loss to a team from another division in your conference, and you're fine. You're fine, because if you still run the table, which I know, again, it, it, that's a difficult thing to ask. If you go and run the table in the SEC East, I mean, you still win, right? Let's say you beat Georgia, and you finish 7-1. and one. You hold the tiebreaker, you go. Let's say you beat Tennessee, and Tennessee's the one that finishes 7-1. and one. You hold the tiebreaker, and you go. It's that simple. Now, you have to actually be able to execute and win against those two teams, in Tennessee and Georgia. But to be honest with you, I don't think any team in this, this division is unbeatable. And we said that before the season started. Some people question it. Look around the SEC East and tell me, after Georgia's performance against Missouri, where Kentucky could fall. Where could they fall? Even including against the Bulldogs. Look around it. Who could, who could they definitively, without a shadow of a doubt, who, who are they going to lose to? To be honest with you, I think they've got a legitimate chance against the Bulldogs, and I said that heading into the, heading into the season. Missouri was up on Georgia on the road in Athens, 22-12. to 12. Well, excuse me, actually, it was, it was actually, I believe it was, the game was in Columbia. It doesn't matter. It was freaking Missouri. We got to see what they did against Auburn last week. The Tigers were up 22 to 12 with 14 minutes left in the game. 14 minutes left, they were up by 10 against a team that everybody was saying three weeks ago was invincible. Everybody was saying it. SEC Network, gosh, this team's going to go undefeated. It's going to be one of the best teams we've ever seen put on a college football field. Is it? Is it really? They could still go undefeated. I'm not saying that that's definitively out of the realm of possibility. What I'm saying is they aren't invincible. They are a beatable team, and Missouri proved that. What you can't do is shoot yourself in the foot and have a collapse, which is the second point I want to get to here. Kentucky had several opportunities to beat Ole Miss, and they came up short not because of something that the Rebels did, but because of self-inflicted problems. A missed field goal, a safety, turnover on downs, and two fumbles at the very end of the game. It doesn't really get much worse than that on the road against what is now a top 10 team, and Kentucky lost by three. They had two opportunities to score in the red zone, I believe with less than three minutes left in the game, and they fumbled on both possessions, but they still had those opportunities. You clean those mistakes up, and you win. 
you're going to go on the road and you're going to play Tennessee. And you're going to play a team that is high octane, that can throw the ball around the yard, and they can score. But they aren't invincible. They aren't invincible. You slow that game down, you trim down the possessions the volunteers can have, and you've got a legitimate shot. And this is something that Mark Stoops said about making mistakes. He said it was a good game. And here's the direct quote after that Ole Miss game. He said, I really thought it was a great game even with the mistakes that we made. You know, we made mistakes that I'm not proud of and we need to coach better and do a better job. But overall, it was a great environment. It was a great game. I thought both teams played their tails off. They played hard. It was competitive and we stressed each other. It was a really good football game. It stinks to come up on this end, believe me, but we talked a lot about preparing for the difficult environment and doing all those things. The guys were dialed in. Kentucky is going to rebound from this. They're not going to have another game this year where they have a missed field goal, a safety, and two fumbles all in the same contest. They're not going to have that happen. They're going to clean things up. They're going to move forward, and they're going to be better in these close games. I truly believe that. And the final point I want to make here is I believe the rebound starts this week. The rebound starts this week because South Carolina is coming into town. And I don't think South Carolina is a very good team. And I want to talk about the South Carolina Gamecocks by the numbers. Just kind of give a brief preview of our preview of this game. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar has these new cookie dough chunk bars They've had them for quite some time, and I got to say, it's one of my favorite Built flavors ever. That's up there with salted caramel. That's up there with cookies and cream. By the way, Built sent me a box of cookies and cream Built bars the other day. Absolutely phenomenal. But these cookie dough chunk bars are right up there too. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. And what's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. With Built, you can eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. And you can go to Built.com right now and you can use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. You can try the new cookie dough chunk flavor. I would highly encourage you to do that. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. That is over at Built.com. All right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. South Carolina versus Kentucky. Happening this weekend, we're going to go break this down by the numbers. Got three different individual statistics about this matchup that I think are going to be relevant, and they all revolve around the South Carolina Gamecocks. Before I get to that, though, I just want to point out, according to Bet Online, Kentucky is favored by 10.5 in this game. Uh, and to be honest with you, I, I feel comfortable taking Kentucky to cover that right now, but that's neither here nor there. First statistic up, Spencer Rattler. The quarterback for South Carolina, he uh, statistically has not been great this season. There was, uh, there was a lot of hype around him coming to the Gamecocks, coming to Columbia, transferring in from Oklahoma. I believe we here on the show sat down and said, look, he's not as bad of a, as a quarterback as some people thought he was at OU. I mean, statistically, 40 touchdowns to 12 interceptions is not half bad. But we said it would be interesting how he transitioned to the Southeastern Conference and how he played, especially in a system that offensively has not necessarily gelled all the way or is necessarily taken off. Spencer Rattler, the stat here, well, it's just his passing numbers. Four touchdowns, seven interceptions. 
He's 98 of 151 for 12 or for 1100 yards. But the four touchdowns and seven interceptions here, I think is the biggest thing for me. Because we thought heading into this season that South Carolina would be a little bit better on offense. We're going to get to the offensive numbers in a second. We thought they'd be a little bit better. But the quarterback play so far for them has just simply not been good. And you may say, well, Lance, a lot of that has to do with what happened against Georgia. And you look at his numbers against the Bulldogs, no touchdowns, two picks. But he also threw two picks against South Carolina State. He also threw two picks against Georgia State, and he threw an interception against Arkansas on the road. So he's not a, he's not a good court. He's not, not playing like a good quarterback right now. And he's turning the ball over even against the worst competition. You look at the way Kentucky's defense is playing right now. Yeah, I like their chances, and I like the like the uh, the idea of them creating multiple turnovers against a quarterback that is just simply not figuring things out. The second statistic I want to get to here revolves around South Carolina's rush defense. Now, I know, I know, I know, some of you are going to immediately come forward and say, it doesn't matter what the other team does. Kentucky can't run the ball. They just simply can't do it. And that's fair, but I also want to point out, Chris Rodriguez did exactly what I said he would do in the Ole Miss game. I said that he would get his touches, but he would not be dominant like he has been in the past. And I said he would rush for about 80 yards. He ran for 74. But you look at him against a worse defense in South Carolina, and you like his opportunities to maybe carry a little bit bigger of a load. The rush defense for South Carolina giving up 185 rushing yards per game. That's the number here. 185 rushing yards per game. That is 13th in the SEC, only above Florida. So the Gamecocks defensive front is not doing a good job of stopping rush defenses. And I want you to take a look at the schedule that they've had so far this season. Georgia State at Arkansas, at home against Georgia, at home against Charlotte, and then at home against South Carolina State. South Carolina State, their most recent opponent, their top running back had 92 rushing yards. 92 rushing yards. I don't have a whole lot of faith in South Carolina defensively. And to be honest with you, if Kentucky's offensive line starts to improve a little bit, which it looked like they did against Ole Miss on the road, the run game wasn't perfect, but hey, it looked like they definitely had some good things go their way. I think that the Wildcats can definitely go out there, execute, and give Chris Rodriguez his touches and kind of dictate how this game goes. And then the final statistic I want to get to here, which revolves around the schedule, inflated offensive numbers right now for, for the Gamecocks. So we said, you know, we kind of expected the offense to be a little bit better. And, you know, you look at points per game right now, and it's, it's a little bit better. 35.6 points per game right now for South Carolina. That's the number. But I want to kind of dive deeper past just the surface points per game. Carolina has not played good teams thus far outside of Arkansas and Georgia. And the only good team that they've played defensively has been the Bulldogs, who they scored seven points against. Georgia State, they scored 35. Arkansas on the road, they scored 30. Arkansas's defense is absolutely atrocious. Most specifically, that secondary. At home against Charlotte, the 49ers are one of the worst teams in FBS. They have a decent offense. They've got a decent quarterback in Chris Reynolds, but 
Not a good defense whatsoever. Scored 56 points against the 49ers. And then at home against SC State, not even a, a Division One opponent, scored 50 points. And there was a slow start in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I don't trust South Carolina's offense. I don't trust their rush defense. I think that this is a bad matchup for the Gamecocks. I think Kentucky's going to come in here and not necessarily blow them out, but I think they're going to respond well after a frustrating loss on the road against Kentucky or on the road against Ole Miss, excuse me. I think they're going to be dialed in. I think they're going to be ready for this game. I'm excited about it. We're going to continue to break it down as the week goes on. We're going to have Andrew Lyon, host of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, on the show to talk about this matchup. Make sure, again, you are subscribed to the YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube or you're subscribed to the podcast feed if you're listening there. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDaw underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is over at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.